Hi everyone, welcome back to the MetaBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of prolactinoma found under the oncology section at MedBullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 42-year-old man presents to the clinic with complaint of decreased libido for the past month. He finds that he has a new problem of difficulty obtaining and maintaining an erection during sexual activity with his partner. He does not recall any instance of trauma to the area. On physical exam, he is found to have significantly impaired peripheral vision bilaterally and gynecomastia. Let's continue with an introduction to prolactinoma. As a general overview, a prolactinoma is a non-cancerous pituitary tumor that overproduces the hormone prolactin, and treatment is usually with a medication to restore a normal prolactin level or surgical resection. With regards to epidemiology, it is the most common pituitary adenoma and represents 40% of all pituitary adenomas. Demographically, it is more common in women than men, and the peak prevalence is in women ages between 25 and 34 years. And the typical location of a prolactinoma is in the pituitary gland. More specifically, the lateral parts of the anterior pituitary are the most common sites. With regards to pathophysiology, prolactinomas arise from monoclonal expansion of pituitary lactotrophs. This results in excess synthesis and secretion of prolactin. Remember that increased prolactin inhibits GnRH secretion, This then leads to a decrease in LH and FSH secretion. Also remember that prolactinomas may cause hypopituitarism from mass effect. Moving on to the presentation, symptoms may involve headache, visual changes such as visual field deficits, blurred vision, and decreased visual acuity, and signs of hyperprolactinemia in women may involve amenorrhea or oligomenorrhea, infertility, loss of libido, and galactorrhea. Signs of hyperprolactinemia in men may include loss of libido, impotence, and erectile dysfunction. And on physical exam, one may note bilateral hemianopsia. This is because the mass lesion disrupts visual pathways that cross the optic chiasm. One may also note galactorrhea or gynecomastia. And in terms of other imaging that may be performed, an MRI or CT scan of the pituitary hypothalamic area may be indicated to determine if a mass lesion is present. And with regards to other studies that may be performed, serum prolactin levels may be measured on one or more occasions. A serum pregnancy test should be completed to rule out pregnancy as the cause of secondary amenorrhea in reproductive-aged females. A serum TSH should be checked to rule out the possibility of increased prolactin level secondary to an elevated TRH level. And serum testosterone levels should be measured in men presenting with symptoms of hypogonadism. And in terms of treatment, Medical options include bromocryptine or cabergoline, which are dopamine agonists and are indicated as first-line treatment since dopamine suppresses prolactin secretion. Surgical treatment options include surgical resection, which is indicated in patients who cannot tolerate or do not wish to take dopamine agonists, or in patients who do not respond to medical treatment or show progression after an initial response to medical treatment. And finally, complications related to prolactinomas involves cranial nerve palsies due to mass effect and infertility. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to prolactinomas, let's walk through some questions to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For the first question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 38-year-old G3P3 woman presents to the physician with bilateral nipple discharge. She describes the discharge to be milky in color, and she's experiencing spontaneous nipple discharge from both breasts without any stimulation. She notes that she has also had an irregular menstrual cycle for the past six months. Imaging is obtained and reveals a pituitary microadenoma. Which of the following is the most appropriate first-line treatment for this patient's condition? 
And the answer choices are choice one, cabergoline, choice two, estrogen, choice three, octreotide, choice four, pimozide, or choice five, transphenoidal resection. The best answer to this question is choice one, cabergoline. This female patient with galactorrhea and amenorrhea most likely has a prolactinoma, which is managed with cabergoline as a first-line treatment. Prolactinoma is the most common benign pituitary tumor and causes elevated levels of prolactin, which lead to symptoms of galactorrhea, amenorrhea, gynecomastia, virilization in females, loss of libido, and infertility due to low levels of FSH and LH from decreased GnRH. If the pituitary tumor is large in size, it may compress the optic chiasm from below and lead to bitemporal hemianopsia. Prolactinoma is treated with a dopamine agonist as a first line, such as cabergoline or bromocryptine, due to dopamine's effect in suppressing prolactin production. A transphenoidal resection is a treatment option for large or refractory tumors or tumors with mass effect. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 2. Estrogen stimulates prolactin secretion and would not be used to treat a prolactinoma. Choice 3. Octreotide is a somatostatin analog that is used to treat acromegaly, caused by an excess secretion of growth hormone. Acromegaly presents with an enlarged skull, hands, feet, and coarse facial features. Choice 4. Pimazide is an antipsychotic that functions as a dopamine antagonist. Dopamine antagonists stimulate prolactin secretion and would not be used to treat a prolactinoma. Choice 5. Transphenoidal resection is used to treat large and refractory pituitary tumors after using a dopamine agonist as a first-line treatment. Finally, a bullet summary. Dopamine agonists are used as first-line treatment for prolactinoma. For the second question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 26-year-old man presents to the office complaining of quote-unquote enlarging breasts. He reports that he has been intensely working out over the past three months. Despite losing eight pounds, he feels that his breasts are increasing in size. He also complains of headache and fatigue. He has no chronic medical conditions except for acne vulgaris. He uses topical benzoyl peroxide and clindamycin, and he reports he takes spironolactone and an over-the-counter multivitamin. He had an orchiopexy of an undescended right testes at eight months of age. The patient's diet consists of three protein shakes a day, eggs, chicken, and broccoli. He drinks three to four beers on the weekends with his friends and occasionally smokes marijuana. He denies tobacco use. He states he and his longtime girlfriend have not been sexually active in the past month because he's, quote-unquote, just not into it. On physical exam, there is proliferation of breast tissue bilaterally, without tenderness on palpation. Pubic hair is tanner stage 4. Testicular length is 5 centimeters and width is 3 centimeters bilaterally. A visual field defect is noted and is consistent with bitemporal hemianopsia. Which of the following is the most likely cause of the patient's symptoms? And the answer choices are Choice 1. Anabolic steroid use Choice 2. Craniopharyngioma Choice 3. Pituitary adenoma Choice 4. Spironolactone Or Choice 5. Testicular cancer The best answer to this question is choice 3, pituitary adenoma. The patient is presenting with gynecomastia, bitemporal hemianopsia, and loss of libido, which are consistent with a pituitary adenoma. 
Pituitary adenomas are benign tumors of the pituitary. The most common type of pituitary adenoma is a prolactinoma. The symptoms of prolactinomas in males include low libido and gynecomastia. In females, a prolactinoma may cause amenorrhea, galactorrhea, virilization, and infertility. The mass effect of a pituitary adenoma can cause headache and bitemporal hemianopsia due to compression of the optic chiasm. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Anabolic steroid use can cause gynecomastia and breast tenderness in males. It would not explain the vision loss. Choice 2. Craniopharyngiomas can present similarly to pituitary adenomas as they also have the tendency to produce mass effect on the optic chiasm. While craniopharyngiomas may cause bitemporal hemianopsia, they are not associated with gynecomastia or loss of libido. Choice 4. Spironolactone can cause gynecomastia in males. It would not explain the vision loss. Choice 5. Testicular cancer is a rare cause of gynecomastia and is associated with tumors that secrete beta-human chorionic gonadotropin, or beta-HCG. The patient did not have a testicular mass. Additionally, testicular cancer would not explain the patient's vision loss. Finally, a bullet summary. Pituitary adenomas may present in males with bitemporal hemianopsia, headache, loss of libido, and gynecomastia. For the third question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 37-year-old woman presents to her primary care physician for bilateral nipple discharge. The patient states that she observed a milky discharge coming from her nipples for the past month. On review of systems, the patient states that she has felt fatigued lately and has experienced decreased libido. She also endorses headaches that typically resolve by the middle of the day and a 5-pound weight gain this past month. The patient has a past medical history of obesity, schizophrenia, and constipation. Her temperature is 99.5 degrees Fahrenheit or 37.5 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 145 over 95. Pulse is 60 beats per minute. Respirations are 15 breaths per minute. And oxygen saturation is 98% on room air. On physical exam, you note an obese, fatigued-appearing woman. Dermatologic exam reveals fine, thin hair over her body. Cardiopulmonary exam is within normal limits. Neurological exam reveals cranial nerves 2 through 12 as grossly intact. The patient exhibits 1 plus sluggish reflexes. Which of the following is the most likely diagnosis? And the answer choices are Choice 1. Viral infection of the thyroid gland. Choice 2. Autoimmune destruction of the thyroid gland. Choice 3. Protein secreting central nervous system mass. Choice 4. Dopamine blockade in the tuberoinfundibular pathway. Or choice 5, normal pregnancy. The best answer to this question is choice 3, protein secreting CNS mass. This patient is presenting with a headache in the morning, bilateral nipple discharge, and symptoms of hypothyroidism, suggesting a diagnosis of a prolactinoma, which is a protein secreting CNS mass. Prolactinoma can present with both biochemical symptoms and symptoms of mass effect. The secretion of prolactin can inhibit pulsatile release of GnRH, which results in symptoms of hypogonadism. Symptoms of mass effect include bitemporal hemianopsia, which typically occurs later in the progression of the disease, and headache that is worse in the morning. Hypothyroidism, which leads to symptoms such as constipation, fatigue, and scarce lanugo, 
and can also lead to hyperprolactinemia and enlargement of the pituitary as a lack of thyroid hormone causes increased release of TRH, which stimulates the lactotroph cells in the pituitary, causing an increase in prolactin levels. Treatment involves excision of the mass. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Viral infection of the thyroid gland suggests a diagnosis of silent thyroiditis. Silent thyroiditis typically occurs after a viral infection and presents with a period of transient hyperthyroidism, followed by a period of transient hypothyroidism. Patients then return to a euthyroid state. Choice 2. Autoimmune destruction of the thyroid gland suggests a diagnosis of Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Hashimoto's thyroiditis is the most common cause of lifelong hypothyroidism. However, it does not explain this patient's morning headaches. Choice 4. Dopamine blockade in the tuberoinfundibular pathway suggests a side effect of an antipsychotic medication. Dopamine blockade of this pathway can increase prolactin levels, causing amenorrhea and galactorrhea. However, it would not cause morning headaches. Choice 5. Normal pregnancy could present with nipple discharge. However, this would be an unlikely diagnosis in the setting of this patient's other symptoms, such as headache in the morning and signs of hypothyroidism. Finally, a bullet summary. Prolactinoma presents with bilateral nipple discharge, amenorrhea, and symptoms of hypothyroidism. That's all for this review about prolactinoma. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast.